but can I tell you something, guys? Uh, my, my wife calls me crazy because I'm excited all year long for Christmas. I am. I know Paul Paul joking me too because I'm always thinking about Christmas time. Uh, one of the things I love most about Christmas is how people, even in this 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 world that we're living in, uh, how dark it's becoming, people are still uh, a little nicer at this time. People are a little more giving at this time. Don't get me wrong. There are times when when people are in the shopping mode and they get a little grumpy. But for the most part, everybody's just a little nicer. They give a little more uh, uh, to other people. They they're making sure that they're looking out for their fellow man. And I love that. And it's all because of Jesus. Amen. Because God gave a gift to us at this time. I um, I want to say first, I see you, boy. All right. All right. I hadn't seen him in a while. But I, I, I uh, want to say this. It's so important. Next week, next Sunday, hey, next Sunday is our Christmas service. We won't have another service besides that one. We usually have a Christmas Eve's Eve service but not this year. So the 22nd will be our service. So guess what? Invite somebody, invite your family, invite your friends, bring them out so that they can hear about Jesus. Amen. Come on, man. Amen. I know it's warm. We turned the heat off already, but I'm going to tell you guys, listen, I want you to be excited about not only, not only the Sunday that's coming, but I want you to be excited about every day. All right. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor, that's too much. Okay, well, at least be excited about every Sunday. Amen. All right. I was going to say every other day, but let's at least give you every Sunday. Can you do that? So that we can make sure that we're able to love on people, get them the truth, because that's so vital and so important as making sure that people are hearing the truth, especially in this world where the truth is a, a, a tough commodity to come by. Everybody's got an opinion. People may be sharing facts, but they're not giving truth. And so it's important for us to make sure that we're sharing truth. And that's what um, I want you to remember. So make sure next week, the 22nd, it's our normal service, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. So bring somebody. Okay? can you can you say that? Yeah, I'm going to do my best to bring somebody. Amen. All right. Now, uh, last week, um, we talked about, and uh, before I go, wait, let me, before I go into that, don't forget today. Hey, guess what, ladies? Today, guess what you got? Yeah, treat exchange. Amen today. If you didn't know about it, now you're getting a chance to know about it today at 3 p.m. A treat exchange is going to happen. Really, it's mainly for fellowship. Okay. And that's good. That's a good segue into something I want to talk about before I get into this. I'm going to take my time. Is that Okay. Because I want to recall something. God had me um, last night. I listened to um, different ministers as I'm working. And uh, last night I happened to end with myself. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy, but I listen back to make sure that I'm reviewing what I'm saying to make sure I'm not saying anything crazy to you guys, which I do want to correct one thing. Last week I said uh, fish and two loaves. It was two. Uh, it was two fish and five loaves. All right. OK, just to make sure I. I kept saying that over and over again. I wanted to correct it. But I heard the message when we spoke about connectivity. 
And I want to make sure, guys, that because we we come through and we go through the motions, we come to church on Sunday, that we don't forget God wants us to be in relationship with him and relationship with one another. I told you before, that's why he used the vehicle of the cross. Right. I know that this sounds strange, but that's why he used it. Everything that God does is with purpose. So that Jesus's arms would be outstretched for everyone to be able to come relationship with each other and relationship with the father. That was the purpose of what he was doing. And our job is, listen, our job is for us personally to have build relationship with the father. That's our own jobs for ourselves. But then for each other, it takes us to be willing to get outside of our comfort zones and to be willing to connect with people. I was talking to a gentleman. I won't mention his name, but he was saying he was in a spot where he was having just the craziest thoughts and the enemy was forcing him into what the enemy always does to us as we have crazy thoughts is to be isolated. That's one of the biggest struggles for men more than it is for women is isolation. That's why we have man caves. We retreat in men caves. Uh, we, we retreat into our cave isolation. It's, it's what we do. And we come out and we come out crazy. I know, I know. I'm telling our secrets. But the truth of the matter is that's, that's the thing. And the enemy wants us to be in a place of isolation and not connected. And I want you to make sure that you understand God's plan is for us to connect. It is not good that man should be alone. Now, he was talking about spousal, but he's also there's always another layer when God's talking. OK. So he's not only talking about a a husband and wife, but he's also talking about in relationship with people, because what happens is iron sharpens iron. We begin to charge one another. We begin to build one another to love and to good works. Okay, so it's very important that we connect. So when we finish up today, first thing is before we grab a chair. Connect. Get to know the people around you. Find out who they are. If you don't know their name, even if you ask them once before and you don't remember, don't be ashamed. Everybody's going to have grace on that, right? Okay, ask again. Find out someone's name. Find out who they are. What's a little bit about their story? If they don't want to talk to you, it's okay. Love on them. Just give them a hug and, and let them go. But that's okay. But let's all have our hearts open for that, okay? The next thing in connectivity is ladies, if you can. Be at the, the, the treat exchange. We do this so that you can connect, so that you can build relationships, so that you can spend time together, so that you can get to know one another. I promise you, you will leave with the, not only the treats, but Shirley has gifts for you guys, prizes for the games that you're going to play. Come have fun. I know. Watch out for her, man. Marianne, man, she, she's always trying to win. So she was going to try to win all of them. So, so y'all make sure you guys work hard, but show up now. Now, I wanted to say that. And now I'm going to get in, into the message today. It, it again will not seem like a Christmas message. But again, remember, the reason why God sent Jesus is for us to connect. Right. He sent Jesus for us to connect, but he sent Jesus so that we could overcome. OK, he doesn't want us to live in a place of being slaves. He wants us to live in a place of being free, but not just free, free with power. It's nothing. Listen, can I tell you something? 
There's nothing like being free. The door to the cage, to the to the cage, to the cell is open. And you not knowing what to do after that. You will have the freedom to leave and you'll stay where you are. And so he wants you to be free, but he wants you to be free with power. He wants you to be free being able to move and to go out. Are you guys with me? All right. Okay. let's talk about this today. Uh, Go to Isaiah chapter 10, 27. This comes on the heel of him saying for unto us, a child is born to us. A son is given. Right. This is on the heels of that. And the government shall be upon his shoulders and it goes on and continues to talk about Jesus. But then Isaiah says something else. And this is important because I want you to get this. He says this in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. When I first came to know Jesus, the, 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 the first before I started really understanding how to study for myself, how to how to um, read and gain information for myself. I listened to ministers all the time. One of the ministers that I happened to listen to, I won't mention his name, but uh, he was a I mean, just great man of God. And he continually taught this message. Some of you may know him. Some of you may not. But he taught this message. It was called the Christ. And in this message, it was four cassettes. I'll tell you how old it was. It was four cassettes. And I listened to that thing over and over and over and over and over again. Because it was something that set my life on a whole different course than just being the guy that I was that would just let things happen to him rather than the person who would take authority over the things that were happening. And many of us in this room, we have things happen to us and we don't understand how to take authority over them. Last week, we talked about ability versus authority. I hope you guys remember that. Because it's God's ability that's on you and he's giving you the authority to act. And so as I'm listening to this minister, he tells this and I just had it in my heart so heavy a couple of Sundays ago to share it with you. And God said it was for today. And I'm going to read it again one more time and then we're going to talk about it. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the Anointing. Now, first thing we need to understand is what is a yoke? Does anybody know what a yoke is? Pastors talked about this before, so you should know, right? All right. Yeah. So it's those wooden or chain things that were put across two oxen, right? Two oxes to be able to put them to keep them together so that as they were plowing the field, one wouldn't go this way eating and the other one go this way eating and they split the cart in half. So it kept them together. So if one went this way, the other one had to go this way. If one went this way, the other one had to go this way. It kept them connected. But this, uh, uh, but it's also, let me make sure before I go on to tell you that the next thing that a, a yoke is also, it's also in the Jewish culture. It was a set of teachings. 
Okay, so it was a set of teachings that were set and people grabbed onto that and they called that a yoke. Now, I want to explain to you that he's saying that in that day, his yoke shall be taken from off that shoulder. Not my yoke, but his yoke. What yoke is he talking about? See, then, 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 I mean, sometimes I think we just read over and we wonder why we don't get a good understanding because we don't really t- stop to say, really, what is he talking about? And not be ashamed to ask. I don't really understand this, God. What he's talking about is he's talking about the yoke that connected him or connected Adam to being a slave to sin. Adam, when he partook of the fruit, grabbed and said, today I am now yoked together with sin. And if we look at it as the connectivity everywhere that sin decided that we wanted to go, we went. Think about it. You, when you, before you came to know Christ, you did whatever you felt like doing. Is that not true? And you went ahead and did that and you were connected in this way and there was no way that you could be free. Know how many of us tried hard to be free from some things that were negative in our lives and we kept going back to them over and over again. Anybody, is it just me? And he says this, That in that day, his yoke shall be taken or his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And he has this here and he says that this is the yoke that is connecting Adam to sin. But then let me tell you something else. What about this? Jesus came. What's the first message that Jesus came preaching? Anybody that's been here a long time, you got to know this. What? What's that mean? Change your thinking for the kingdom of God is here. Amen. Why? Why? Because this is the same yoke that he's talking about. The same set of teachings. You learn the world system of doing things. You grabbed hold of the world's yoke, their set of teaching on how to live your life. Can I tell you something? Most of us, all we do, can, can I just be truthful? All we do is we come into the kingdom with the same yoke on, the same thought process, the same set of teachings, and we live that way. We just put a little cologne or perfume on it. If we're truthful. And when people start talking about change, the first thing we say is you judging me. Isn't that how we do? And we wonder why our lives wind up in the same position that they've always been because we were never really able to let go of what we've already been made free from. This yoke that has been upon our neck, Jesus took it off our necks. Can I tell you something else? Let me let me make sure I go on. I want to explain this. How did Jesus do that? Why did Jesus do that? When did that take place? The first thing we need to understand is, does anybody know that Jesus Christ is not, I mean, Christ is not Jesus's last name? It's a denoter of who he is. Like they could have put it in front, Christ Jesus, right? You know, like if if, if somebody is the prince of a certain place, they may call him prince so-and-so. It's a title that's given 
a name that is given Jesus the Christ. He is the Christ. What does the Christ mean? It is transliterated from Christos, which is Greek. Is that okay if I just teach a little bit of that? It's transliterated, meaning that that they didn't really translate and tell you what it meant. They just really just shifted the word around so it seemed English. So it was Greek Christos. They moved it into English as Christ. But that Christos is just the Greek for what they had been calling them Messiah. Right? Or Mashiach. Okay? And that still wasn't translated. So if we don't understand that, we really don't get a real clue of who he is. And this is what, when, when I started to learn this, it began to set me free. Christ simply means the anointed one. And his anointing. Say that again. Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. But what is the anointing? What is he anointed with? What does it even mean to anoint? Does anybody know? See, we we, we learn these things and we don't really understand. Anoint means to pour on, to rub on, to smear with, to cover in. What? What? What we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks. The Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit in power. Amen. The day that Jesus was baptized and came up out of the water, he became the anointed one. The Holy Spirit descended on him and never left. So now this anointing that will remove burdens and destroy yokes is all over Jesus. And he says this anointing does this. It is a burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God. And he says, now I have placed this on you. And we just talked about that last week. I don't have to go back, okay? He's placed this power on you to remove burdens and destroy yokes. But can I tell you something? It's not only first, it it is, well, let me say, it is first for you. It is first for you to remove your burden and destroy your yoke. Now, the way that it destroys the yoke so that you will never be in bondage to this thing again, he destroys it the way rust does. Has anybody ever watched, uh, I've seen a vehicle, uh, the, 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 the metal rust? Can you put that back together again? No, it deteriorates to where it can never be put back together again. The yoke of sin can never be put back together again for your life. You have been made free because of the anointing. But do you walk in the freedom that you have been given? Are you with me? And so here it is that he's saying that he's destroyed this thing. And first, the anointing is for you to destroy the thoughts, the set of teachings that you've learned, as well as the connectivity to sin. But then there's the next piece. The next piece. Is that it's your responsibility to take the anointing that's on your life. And do the same for others. This is where connectivity comes in. This is where when you walk into a room. The whole atmosphere of the place should change. 
everything should shift because you came into the room. Not because, listen, let me make sure, let me back up. Let me, let me, let me change the way I said that. Not just because you, but because of the anointing that's on you. When you walk into a room, there should be some type of attraction of people being attracted to you. Did you know that? I, I heard, man, I, I'll say this about my youngest son. I won't say it about me. Kai. This is the honest truth. Kai is a kid that has the anointing. Both of my children do, but I want to say this about Kai because he's here. Kai is anointed in such a way that when he walks into a room, all the children in the room just all of a sudden just start going towards him. I promise you, I promise you, you can watch this happen anywhere he goes. He was in California at a house. He was visiting uh, some friends of ours and they took him to some friends of theirs home. And he's there. And there's this the, the, the little kids that are in the house. The parents say these kids never go to anybody. They would not leave him alone. They were connected to him everywhere he went. Why? Not because. Listen, wait, wait. He is special. He's my boy. He's special. Handsome cat because he looked like me. Okay, all that. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is, it's the anointing. When you walk into a place, there should be a change that happens. But now here's the thing. Most of us, most of us, if that does happen to us, we'll have one of two responses. Most of us. When we walk into a room and everyone gravitates towards us, we'll we'll get pride and say, I'm special. Right. That's one. Everybody wants to know me. Or two, we'll be like what they want. What they trying to get from me. Right. One of two responses when the truth of the matter is, is, yes, they are coming because you have something they need. But if you don't know it, you won't have the opportunity to give what they need. Because in that day, what day? Since the moment that Jesus was born until the time that he was he was crucified and then risen again. That day it began. But for the people around you, that day is the day you show up. That day is the day you show up, but it's the day you show up in authority. It's the day you show up knowing who you are and whose you are and what he has placed on you to remove burdens and destroy yokes. I'm going to say this to you. This is a challenge. This may be may make you angry when I say this challenge. When was the last time you showed up and somebody got saved? When was the last time you showed up and somebody got healed? If that's not happening. There's no listen. I'm not speaking negatively to you saying that you're a bad person. I'm just simply saying you don't understand yet. You still, you're still in the cell. Step out of the cell. Walk 
in freedom and walk in power. So that when you walk into a room, you understand that I can share Christ with people wherever I go. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. It can just simply be, how are you doing today? Hey, how's your day going? Really? You know what? I had a day like that. You know what? I've never had a day like that. Well, let me tell you about, let me just tell you some more about, about Jesus. Why it is that I haven't had a day like that. Or how I get through my days like that. Simple things like that to just shift the conversation. And if people buck and kick, you just back back down. They're not ready. I just do a pivot. In basketball, you just pivot. Turn away from it. <laughs> Turn away from it. I start talking about something else. And then I try my best later on to pivot back to it. And if they're not ready, I just pivot away. And I'm not I'm not angry with them because they're not ready. Do you know, I told you guys this story. A guy came to me every Thursday or Tuesday. I can't remember now. Every Tuesday or Thursday, he would come to me and share the gospel with me. And every time when he would finish, he'd give me an opportunity to receive Christ. And every time when he would finish, I'd tell him no. I would say, no, man, I got a party to go to this weekend. I know Jesus is the way, but I can't do it this weekend. No, man. I'm just being honest. I said, I know Jesus is the way, but I got stuff to do. And I, when I get in, I want to be in. I don't want to play. So I'm going to wait till I'm ready. And I would say that all the time. And he kept coming. And he kept sharing. And I kept listening. And then years later, when I'm with Kenneth Hagin, Sr., it all pays off. Right? All of the stuff that he had sold into me and all the other people that sold into me and weren't, and weren't willing to let go and just, just say, forget you because you won't receive Jesus or you don't want to hear. But no, no, they kept coming. Keep coming. Keep sharing Christ. Can we do that? All right. Man, there's so much more I need to say. I want to pause because I want to give a chance to do this. I want to make sure I say that we're going to continue to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue to talk about the anointing into the new year. But I, I wanted to touch base on something we said last week. And I need to touch it really quickly because I have two people that are going to share two testimonies. Okay. And one of the things is we talked about last week, one of the ways that we miss uh, seeing the Holy Spirit is because we operate the world the way the world does is that we can't see him. And because we can't see all that God is at work doing, sometimes we miss out on Holy Spirit and we don't understand that he's in operation in everything that's happening. And two of those ways that he that he's in operation all the time is in our financial situation. I know we don't like to hear this in church, but that's where else you going to learn about finances. Don't you want to learn in truth? And in protection. So I'm going to get, uh, let me, can, can I get Connie to come first? She's going to come and let's see, I got a microphone. It was uh, Al's mic. Let's see. There we go. What did I do here to get that stuff? Oh, okay. There we go. Good morning, church. And thank you for being so welcoming to me. I've only been a couple months from Pennsylvania. And I just, I love my pastor, and I love all of you already. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. 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 Um, 
40 years ago, my husband left me and I had four children. And uh, I was a worshiper of the Lord. The church I was going to were a bunch of fabulous people. Um, I was on welfare at the time because my husband left me and I had no support from him. So $400 a month was what I was given. And I believe in what God told me in his word that I needed to give 10%. Amen. Now, when you're only getting $400 a month, it's kind of like, I don't know about this, Lord. But I went forward with that. And I know it's hard for some people to understand how important tithing really is. Um, when you look at your money and you say, I don't know, that 10%, I could pay this or I could buy that. But that 10% is going to be a lot more percent if you follow what God says. Amen. Amen. Well, anyway, um, we were in revival this particular week. And it was the last day of revival. And I had $5 left in my pocketbook. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, what's $5 really? So I put it in the plate. Didn't think anything of it. So as I was leaving the service, uh, there was a couple in the church that would bless me every so often um, at the holidays and that. And they would give me a nice check, like for $100, just out of the blue. And I was ever so grateful to them because it was a big help, um, you know, for the kids for the, like Christmas and Easter and such. Um, so as I was walking out of the sanctuary, uh, the gentleman came up and shook my hand and put a check in my hand. So, of course, I'm thinking, wow, this is great. I had just graduated from nurse's training, so I wasn't working yet, but I was getting ready to go to work. So I went out in the car with the kids, and I sat down, and I opened the check, and it was for $500. Amen. Amen. That $5 that I put in that plate Amen. turned into $500. Amen. So nobody can ever tell me that God isn't faithful. If you're faithful to him, he will always be faithful. It may Amen. not feel like it sometimes. But if you give your 10% at least, right. yeah. I'm not talking about like offerings that. and mission and building funds, but at least give that 10%, no matter how hard it is for you, no matter what bills are stacked up over here, those bills will be paid, I'm telling you. Amen. It may not be in the way you think they will, but they will be. Amen. So I love to share that story because God has been so good to me over the years. But that in particular Amen. just was the best. So. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Connie, for that. Amen. Amen. I listen. I I didn't. Uh, so so when we finished service last week, she came to me and said, "Hey, I think this story is important for me to share." And I said, "I think so too." Amen. I hope you guys heard that because it's very important to understand. This is the, that's the place where God says, "Test me, try me, see if I will not open the windows of heaven." And pour you out a blessing there's not room enough to receive. So make sure you're faithful in those areas. All right, one more. And that's Spence. Yeah, he, he, said, he said, don't do it. I want him to tell this story that happened to him just a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was shocked myself. He still got to tell it. <laughs> he, he was trying to get out of it, but I'm putting him on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't ready to tell this story. <laughs> Sorry. So um, I was in a, a car accident. Um, a really bad one. Uh, a guy I was parked hit me at 70 miles per hour in the back. And uh, 
Like, I should have just remembered to bring some photos. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't have them. I think so, I got pictures of them. Yeah. Uh, that, that so I can show uh, you basically, guys. the whole back end was pushed all the way forward, and uh, it takes a lot to knock me out. But I was knocked out, and um, God spoke to me while I was being knocked out, and just said He wasn't done yet. So. Amen. Um, Amen. A lot of the officers and fire people said that I shouldn't have made it, and um, fortunately, I made it. I actually walked away. Um, the good thing is, is God made sure that I got uh, hit in the head, which is the hardest part of my life. <laughs> so that's that's true. Is. That's those true. Are, I'm not going to deny that. Those are the injuries I sustained. <laughs> um, really, it was two stitches, and um, I bit my tongue, and then that was um, – to remind me to not always talk so much junk to people. <laughs> so he sewed that up too. Um, and plus, I always talk stuff to Pastor about Auburn. So I, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Too. Yeah, don't want to talk about Auburn. <laughs> He's like, all right, man, you're done talking to Pastor. So no, that that's what happened, and um, it was. You know, I feel so blessed, and actually, I feel you know lucky to be able to walk away. Um, it's crazy what you think you know when. You know, you think you're almost invincible and stuff, and then because things are going well in your life. And I always give thanks to God, but it's funny when life comes right before you, how much more you believe and how much thankful you are for those things. Amen. Amen. So, um, Amen. So, Amen. Thank, thank you. For the too. <laughs> All right. Amen. Don't call me up again. <laughs> Put him on the spot. See, he didn't tell the whole story because he was uh, not not wanting to tell it. But I want to share this part, too, is that, you know, his he was driving down the road and just got in his car back from the um, from the shop and and they didn't do something right. And it cut off in the middle of traffic while he's doing 65, 70 miles an hour down the highway. It cuts off in the middle of traffic and he makes it over to the side. And so he's parked there because his car's out and he takes off his seatbelt just to kind of wait. And then he gets hit from a guy. At, this kind of thing should have thrown him out of the window. But instead, all he got was a stitch or two in his head and in his tongue. Walked away from this accident with that, with people. All, all of the, the, the paramedics, the fire, you know, all the people who came were surprised to see him even stand up and be alive. They thought he was dead because he was, you know, out of it when they came. And um, that's the God that we serve, how he protects us. I want you to understand that he protects us. He blesses us. He's for us, not against us. Amen. 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 I, I wanted to make sure they shared those testimonies because I want you to understand all the things, all the, 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 the benefits of following God. All the ones that we sometimes don't even see and don't realize because they happen and they're happen, consi- happening consistently. How many times has God made sure you weren't at a position where there was an accident up ahead? Now, you weren't there. Something that you may have been fussing about that, that took you off track or how slow traffic was going or whatever it was. But it was God's grace. That's a part of the anointing. Yes, amen. amen. And so I wanted you to hear that. And, and I'm going to stop because I want us to be able to, to get out. And I want everybody to be able to go where they need to go so that the ladies can be at the treat exchange today at three o'clock. All right. I want you guys to be there. If you if you're even contemplating or on the fence, go. OK, it's for relationship. The next thing, again, I want to remind you next week, the 22nd, bring somebody with you. OK, let's fill this place. 
so that we can make sure we give the truth to people. This is when they're usually uh, open to being able to come to service. Okay, so ask somebody that you may have been asking, say, hey, come to come to Christmas service with me because I'm not going to preach a message. I really am not. I'm really serious. I'm not going to preach a message. I just have some uh, some things I want to share the Christmas story. I want to share. That's it. Okay, I know they they laughing because nobody believes that. But I mean it. I'm really, really going to do my best. The the last thing uh, that I want to say is, again, love on everybody before you put up. Don't touch a chair, please. Don't touch a chair. I know Pam is hard headed. She's touching chairs already. Don't t- don't don't pick up a chair and move it. Get to know somebody. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness, for your mercy, for your grace, for your wisdom, for your loving kindness, for your tender mercies. We are just thankful for all that you are. We thank you for the season that we're in, Father God, that your um, your anointing would be uh, present upon us, that we would know, understand that we're walking in power and authority, Father God, given from you to, to affect lives in this time and forevermore. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen.